0: All right, Morton.
1: And I'm Katie. I'm originally from the U.S. and we live on the on an island of Sweden called Gotland,
2: which is where I'm originally from.
0: Now, I just when I heard this, I was like, I, I'm always super curious to hear how these stories come about, because I have a friend. Um, she was on a couple of weeks back. Well, I guess months at this point, who um, was also from here and she just got married in Scotland. Um, to her husband, where he's from. So how did you guys meet?
1: Well, we met in Germany.
2: Yes. We were both involved in a Christian theater company. So it was partially like an educational theater, partially a missions organization, a bit of both. Uh, But, yeah, we were traveling and doing theater. uh, And so we both sort of came to that organization from our different directions Mm. and met in the middle.
1: And. I was already in Europe and Morton joined. I came over on my 21st birthday and we we became fast friends the summer he joined. The next summer we became a couple and the summer after that we got married.
0: Listen, love knows no boundary, no nationality, no timeline. Um, that's really amazing. I was like, maybe I should just like, maybe that's what's wrong with my love life right now. I should just pack up, go to Europe and then I'll find my life. Maybe that's how that'll break you down.
2: Never know. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really helped just the whole thing that because we were in this sort of like volunteer organization, we we already knew from the moments we met that we had a lot in common. Yeah, um, And so like it was sort of, yeah, there was already a lot to build from uh, when we realized mm. how much we liked each other.
1: So yeah, volunteering, great way to meet friends and maybe more than friends.
0: Like I said, I just get so fascinated in people's love stories. Maybe it's the little bit of hopeless romantic I have tucked away in my DNA somewhere
1: <laughs> nothing wrong with that
0: it's not um, but today guys we're gonna be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart and it's a uh, I think it's not necessarily an issue but it is object that of I think has affected most of us if not everybody at some point in their life today we're gonna be kind of talking about body positivity and um, yeah
1: body positivity is so important to us like i don't want my kids i will never call myself fat in front of my kids or just in general because there's no point like
3: yeah
1: <laughs> we don't want them to hear this and kids are just taught so early to worry about these things through their tv shows and movies and things
2: yeah it's
1: really sad
2: yeah and it's something, like i know that like it's it's not always easy like especially because we and i certainly know that it could be good for me to lose some weight but then to for them both how i think about it myself and especially like how i present that to my children is just about like making clear that it's just something that I would like to do so that I will feel healthier. Just because it's more the fact that I have not been active enough, more than like anything about how my body looks that I would like to change. Mm. Um, and, and just but then but then to cast myself in like what language I use, not just in talking about it, but also just thinking about my own body. It's mm. it's it can be really difficult.
0: I. Right. Yeah. I understand that message so well. Um, From a young age, um, I've like also dealt with body confidence issues because when I was younger, I've always been active. But when I was five, I was diagnosed with a series of illnesses and the medication that anabolic steroids I was on. They just kind of like puffed you up, puffed me up. Um, And so from the age of five onwards, I've had to deal with no matter how active I am, I'm going to main, maintain some amount of the weight that, like, the medication um, put on me, which right. I, I was never upset about because I was like, I gained a couple pounds, but I got to stay alive. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. That's that's a trade-off I was okay with, you know?
1: Were, were your family and, and people in your life supportive about it?
0: Um. I think because I was so young they were just worried they were more worried that I wasn't gonna be able to cope with the changes more than they were because uh, their main concern was just me surviving you know it was it was a long journey and um, they they know everybody I think this is the beautiful thing about adulthood is as a kid. Where I was like, you never know what I'm going through. Like, you don't understand. But as you get older, you're like, I know it feels like I'm so far removed from this. But I do understand. I do remember what it was like to be a kid. And I do remember how mean kids could be. So my family was very understanding. And they're like, hey, we love you just as much. We know that this is a reflection of you. Um, but we know people can be mean. And it's true. Once I started reacclimating back into the academic world or the social, uh, the social world after I uh, got discharged from the hospital, like some kids like address the weight thing. Some kids it didn't, you know, they don't mind it. Or some people who don't know my backstory, they're like, "Well, why don't you just lose the weight?" And it's like, "Hey, exactly." That 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 statement is always something that triggers me, not even for myself, but for other people. Because you never know what right? their 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 deal is in life, you know, um, or how yeah. hard they're trying. You know, you don't see people sweat it out all the time. So um, you should just give them a little bit of grace, I feel like.
1: Yeah. I think it's so interesting to pick how much our childhood, our, our, our child eyes affect how we see the world. Like, I used to be a skinny mini, um, like... You couldn't tell I had curves unless I cinched the back of my shirt or whatever to like show them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I wasn't a real woman because I didn't look like my mom. My mom was a big lady, you know, everything drooped down. And I was like, well, that's what it's supposed to look like.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: It really is. Um, (laughs) we had a, she said that we relive our childhood trauma until we're taught not to. Um, and just to say that, like, until we see other things and we're we're exposed to new things and then we're just like, well, is this right or is this, quote, unquote, normal, so to speak?
1: Oh, me. <coughs> when I – don't die, Annie. Here's some water. I'm too young for you to die, Shrek. <laughs> One thing that I was exposed to when I was a kid because I was – this was a sick day when I was a kid and this was before the internet. So there was like, there was boring TV, daytime TV, and there was my mom's collection of books. And this sick day, I read like three books. And one of them was this, this pop star in the seventies who had a eating disorder. And the pictures of this person that was, there were like 90 pounds, in their late 20s or mid 20s this the sunken cheeks and this skeletal frame just freaked me out so bad i'm turning 35 next week and i've never been on a diet like i i never wanted to let my brain get obsessed with worrying about not being the right size the way this person did
0: and that's that's beautiful like we talk about this all the time how We don't believe in subscribing um, to diet culture because, A, so many people, they focus on a number. And I was like, nothing magical happens. Guys, if you remember uh, when Sarah came on, she was one of the health coaches that I worked with. And she was like, what's so magical about a number? Nothing happens once you hit that number. Like, you don't gain special powers you don't automatically like love yourself more. Like nothing happens. You know, it's just another, becomes another day. And then what? Do you pick another number, smaller, bigger? Like what? Um, and so I think that's amazing. Like you just you did what you wanted to do and needed to do to make sure that you were happy and healthy.
2: It is interesting, like the whole thing about number. they just of this thing I read recently. Apparently, Mister Rogers, throughout his entire television career, maintained an exact weight of one hundred and forty-three pounds because
0: because one four three is the number of letters in the phrase "I love you." <laughs> that's crazy. That's a that's a really fun fact.
1: Yeah, I saw that you too. <laughs> but yeah, I've never wanted to worry about it. There have been times that I was like, whoa, this is bigger than I've ever been. This is strange. Like being on the birth control pill, that really changed my body. Like I went from a B to like double D or something. Like it was just very – talk about puffy. But I've gone through different ups and downs with exercising not towards a goal number but just to feel better and like when covid happened and we were i was suddenly home from being from working five days a week to suddenly not i decided to run a mile every day for a month and i'd never run a mile before
0: yeah oh (laughs) the first time is always the, the worst time yeah
1: so I was so proud of myself. Like by the by the third or fourth day I was able to run the whole mile without stopping. I don't think I, I couldn't do it now. I haven't run in a while now. But last time I ran it was eight minutes straight and I was proud of that. But yeah. What are we doing to try to get healthier, Morton?
2: Well we recently got bikes. We
1: got bikes. Yes. So that's,
2: that's gonna help.
0: It is like yeah. it's very underrated bike rides. Like a nice bike ride can be – it's beautiful. It's not only improving your health. It's also a romantic activity. could be a good date activity. Um, could be just a good family bonding moment. Um, yeah. But not a lot of people think that bike rides are like
1: – Yeah. It's like it's fun. It doesn't feel like work. You feel the wind blowing your hair back. You just are free. Yeah. Love it.
0: <laughs> no um, – But one of the questions I really wanted to ask you, because you I know you we talked about earlier how you said you never call yourself fat, especially in front of your kids. Um, But how do you just view the body in general?
1: Well, one of the things I do with the kids is we sometimes do this song where I'm like, I don't I don't hold it back. I like pat my belly and say, I love my belly. I love my arms. I love my legs. I love my nose. We just sing all the parts of our bodies and, and that we love them. And I just, I feel so proud of, of us in that moment. Like, yes. When I when my kid is eating, one of the kids is eating a bunch of food and they've got a nice full belly. I'm like, look at that happy belly. Look how, butt- <laughs>
2: yeah. And we're, we're, yeah, we're like, and yeah, we talk like we talk about our bodies with the, with the yeah, kids. Yeah, we don't we hide to, it. But... Yeah, we want them to be aware. Like, to, like explain. Like we explain all of their bodily functions to them. We make sure that they know what's yeah. going on with their bodies. Use the like proper
1: that. names for things.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a really big one. So often, um, we adopt this baby language when we we speak to babies ah. and children, and or we, like we rename things because. We want to try to, quote-unquote, preserve their innocence.
1: Like, I don't know. Maybe this... I, I will just be straightforward about stuff. Like, I am totally straightforward with my kids about periods. It's like, yeah, every month there's blood. And I always end it with every every kind of thing like this. It's normal. Yeah. So they repeat that, too. It's normal.
0: I mean, and like so I said, I think that's an amazing thing to do because so often... Or at least for me, I grew up with just my mom. So I always felt awkward sometimes going to her with issues because I was like, Mm. I was, at least I was aware that like we had different parts and I was just like, I don't know how much you know about the, you know, about my body. And so I was like, well, who do like, you know, I was like, you can't ask a stranger and then you can't ask your mom. So I was like, well, who do you ask? I was like, nobody. You suffer in silence, but. No, I like as I got older, I was like, well, it's it's normal, like you said, it's normal. Um, these things happen throughout the body, it changes, it grows, it shrinks, it does left and right tricks, you know. So, I think that's an amazing thing that you do, uh, with your kids. Thanks.
3: Um,
0: I, I, I know this, but you both are pretty comfortable in your skin, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's I think like
2: like like we said like like as as I said like I I, there are many times I feel like I could be like I could be more active like just because like I feel like I could be healthier than I currently am Mm -hmm. but I'm like but it's not that I don't I don't like the way I am I just know that like there are certain things that could be better for me but I don't mind. My skin. And, by way.
1: and you weren't raised with parents who treated the body like a bad thing. Like no. they would come out of the bathroom after showering with just a towel, or sometimes even no towel, just running for a towel if they forgot to bring one. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I don't like it's it's always hard to
2: tell like the whole thing, that yeah, it's what what you grew up with is what you think is normal. Mm. But I think I, mean, I know that in general, Sweden is just a lot more. Like the Swedish culture is a lot more open about the body and things like that than the American culture is. Mm -hmm. Then I don't know, like, where on the scale my family is compared to the average Swede, but it was sort of like it was just never an issue uh, in any way.
1: The body in America probably is different. There's lots of different cultures in America. I'm from Utah, you know, totally different culture to to Ohio. Is that where you said you were? Yeah yeah but like like when we were fat, when we were young i guess i was maybe like 13ish my sibling was probably 6ish my we borrowed the the um, two vhs t- set of the titanic
3: Ugh.
1: and my parents didn't know about the nude scenes and the car steamy car scenes and I just remember my dad like jumping in front of the TV and Charlene, where's the remote? There's a six year old here. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily we wouldn't necessarily watch Titanic with them when they're little little, but <clears throat> we also wouldn't make a fuss about it her being a naked person. Like the body yeah. is not bad.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, I would not want kids to watch the scene like that I don't think but not not because not because of the naked body but just because of like um, there's you know <laughs>
1: explaining the concept of erotica to them yeah like there's <laughs> a,
2: there's a, there's a lot of yeah. there would be a lot of other things to unpack there that I wouldn't be quite yeah. ready to unpack yet yeah but, but,
1: but the body in itself is yeah high.
2: yes and it's like oh it's a bosom yeah big deal yeah.
1: it's I was, normal
0: I, like, I have it's, them? yeah I was like <laughs> everybody has, you know, a pectoral region, you know, some are just flatter than others, toner than others. Some have different purposes. Um, I always think it's fascinating um, that people make such a stink, especially here in the States about like nudity and the body simply because we come into the world this way. It's like, I was like, we, we know that you have something under clothes. Like you weren't born with clothes (laughs) If you were, that's a whole thing that we should definitely talk about. Like, that should be your fun fact 100% of the time. Um, And then the second part is we're always taught about, like, because uh, the U.S. is such, like, a a Christian society um, that a lot of people know the story of Adam and Eve, you know, like creation. They both were created, you know, in his image, nude, and then once they, like, discovered their nudity, that was, like, the first form of, like, body shame, in my opinion. They're like, whoa, we can't be nude. We have to, like, cover it up. Um, so they're true. so just- we're, we're taught that it's beautiful, but we're also taught to be ashamed of it in the same moment. So I think that's where the, in my opinion, that's where I first had the dichotomy of um, the whole body image. Snap, not snafu, but situation
1: that's fascinating so the more connected people are to that narrative the more they're going to feel like their bodies are a bad thing but that really goes straight into purity culture and how women are so shamed like it's their responsibility for how they choose to dress a man has no charge over his own mind
0: that's like oh my god like that's a whole conversation that i've had way too many times um not always to prevail. Um,
3: oh,
0: I hear that. Yeah, but I, I I just think it's so funny. You have these two people, like the first two people, living every day not thinking about their body. They were comfortable, literally comfortable in their skin, you know, uh, until like somebody planted a seed, and then they, they, they gathered this shame, um, which is like, like I think the re- another reason I'm so comfortable in my skin now is because I was like. That we always tell, uh, they always say, like, God created you, like, the way, like, just perfect, just the way you are. So I was like, if there's nothing wrong with me, like, w- however, whatever I do, however I am, like, that should be, it's it's right, you know? Um, just because I wasn't created to be a size three or I wasn't created, like, to be 6'6", doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. This is my body, 6'2", you know, uh, 280 plus. Uh and it's beautiful. I love it. I wouldn't trade it in for the world.
1: I think that's really cool that there's, I don't think there's enough voices of guys out there saying, Hey, we are held up to an uh, impossible. what the word of the thing? Standard. standard. Yeah. But it's, it's not just women that are dealing with this.
2: Yeah.
1: Just say like, Hey, I'm, st- I, I, I don't like this and I'm going to fight against it.
2: Exactly yeah yeah it was the whole thing you know everyone's like this this thing that was going around a little bit on the internet didn't you know didn't gain that much traction but i still saw it when you know there was all this talk about you know redesigning the barbie because of how you know terribly you know like out of proportion uh, this it was this someone was like okay yeah but but this is what like but then someone picked up a he-man extra figures like and this, this is like, remember,
1: this is what we showed the boys, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's another
0: thing. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna be like, we gloss over so many standards or biases, um, throughout our day to day, throughout society, and like reinforce and reinforce them unknowingly. And then all of a sudden, one day, we're like, but why? Or wait, have I been doing this forever? Like, how long have I been doing this? Because we all we've all yeah. like looked up to the He Man's or the Power Rangers or whatever, um, and we're like, oh, I want to just be just like them. I want to have big muscles, you know, really long hair, really blonde hair, like this, that, and the other. Um, instead of just being, I want to be me, or I'm okay where I'm at. I don't have where I'm at. I don't have to. You know, I was like, they don't just make average Joe, just somebody with a with a with a nice beer belly or a dad body, you know, or or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was that
2: superhero. Yeah,
1: Come
0: on. Um, and that's, wasn't uh,
1: that beautiful. The representation of dad bod in Thor in the Last Avengers. Yes, yes, we did. We
2: do
1: have that in game. Yeah. Superhero.
0: But you know, the funny fact, well, not funny, but the sad fact about it is, we got the re- representation, but it was like. He was, if you like, really paid attention. He was looked down on for that body, and everybody thought he was like weaker or like less than he wasn't his as good as his old self was. And I Which was like, made
1: that moment of him getting Mjolnir back, yeah, and saying, "I am worthy," Me? so much more powerful. <laughs>
0: exactly, and I was like, I feel like we all need that moment of the returning of our affirmation. You know, I feel like oh, goosebumps. Because spoiler
2: warning, by the way, <laughs> oh, you know, listen, a couple listen, minutes too late.
0: It's not a spoiler. If you guys haven't seen in game or infinity war by now, that is on <laughs> you. You should be ashamed of yourself, um, even though oh, we don't man. like shaming people. But, that movie's what, at I least three years say, old now,
1: yeah. But yeah. I wanted to say about representation, um, I, the I, we started watching the series Breath Academy. Oh, yeah. I started watching Umbrella Academy before Elliot came out in trans. So I was so happy to see a person, a woman that didn't have to dress like makeup, um, tie lighter tone, like in in big and tight clothes. I was like, finally, a woman who's just comfortable in her skin and comfortable wearing what she wants to wear. And now that's gone because Elliot's a man. Whoa, great. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, but actually, that's actually I saw that in the news today. Um, I, I mean, to represent... I'm not mad
1: at Elliot Page for being a man. Okay, I'll just no. put that up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for like <laughs> the whole thing of that, just that representation. Like,
2: it was, it's, you know, you thought that it was your representation. It turns out to be somebody else's representation, yeah. which is also very important. It's important. <laughs> like, but, yeah. But, but, but yeah, but I saw in the news just today, but. Like, is it Kate Winslet who's doing this new show? Um mayor of East Town or something like that. I can't remember yes. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, but like she's 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 been like speaking out about like how she really fought for do, doing her character unfiltered. She's like, I don't want a lot of makeup, I don't want like touching up so she's like, this is a down to earth broken woman and i want and i want the audience to be able to see that and so like she she's like fighting for what she calls like unfiltered female presence in, on screen which is yeah is, is really necessary and i mean I, we need more unfiltered male presence too because like that's that's the thing that like the, you well you get you get the bigger people on screen and
0: things like that but they're always the comedic roles pretty much yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, You honestly, was, the first time I like saw a bigger man on screen is Forrest Whitaker. He's he's always in a very serious role. You very rarely see him laugh, but he's always been. But he's uh, he's a bigger man. Um, and I was like,
1: I have to look him
0: up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we haven't seen that stuff. So. Oh my god, he's once you see him, um, you'll know who he is. He kind of like has like one like kind of lazy esque eye. Um and a uh, very very pointy elf ears uh force if you're listening to this i i am not making fun of your ears, I love your ears they just they just they're very pointy <laughs> no um
3: <laughs> but
0: yeah overall like it's it's either the the big guy's either the scary one or he has to be the funny one, you know mm,
2: yeah.
0: those are the two dichotomies you know right but th- I, like so that was that was really cool about
2: seeing um in Into the Woods, the, oh. the movie of the musical Into the Woods that James Corden played the lead in, yeah, like it was like, yeah, it's like that's that's a really good part, you know. For like, I, I I think I think James Corden himself would agree that he's a fairly average looking,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing to write home about. <laughs> um, but this whole thing about the standard of the body and. Breaking that standard, I watched the most fascinating video today. One of my favorite YouTubers, he talks about the queer coding in TV shows and movies and things. And he talked about why gay people love the the Disney villains, because the Disney villains were queer coded. There was these laws put into place about what gayness wasn't allowed to be shown and all these rules. But they put those into the villains to show, like this is unnatural. This is the bad way to be for for a woman in like maleficent and evil queen to be mm-hmm. powerful and commanding and authoritative. That's not feminine. Yeah. And For Scar to be with it with his l- loose paw and his his dramaticness. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Scar and Jafar. Jafar is, with, is his, like,
1: with his guy liner? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like it's yeah, and also very, very yeah. dramatic and yeah. sassy.
1: And the the <laughs> Richard Lionheart, not like Lion, um, in, in Robin Hood.
2: Oh right, right. Well, Richard Lionheart is the king. Oh, you mean the, the Prince Prince John?
1: Yeah, Prince John. He was super feminine, whiny, cowardly.
2: You're right. All
1: these all these villains, coded as queer, yeah. showing what's not the right way to be.
0: I've never, I've never. I'm not going to say I haven't paid attention to it. I never made that connection. So I'm really happy that you told me about that because that's something I'll have to start looking out for.
1: This link, this guy, Matt Baum is the name of his channel. I have learned so much from him because I grew up in this little evangelical bubble and it was like, this is the way things are supposed to be. And this is who we're supposed to hate and judge. And I'm like breaking out of that (laughs) on my YouTube channel. I've had some really amazing conversations just working through, all
0: this stuff you know uh, it's funny as children we question a lot and they always say we like we we love to foster a curious mind, but we never question the things we're taught not to question, so to speak. Um, mm. So in many like cultures you know like religion they they never question like any religion just like hey like our our belief is our belief don't question its validity, or parents always being right. I know you both are parents, but um, <laughs> let's be honest, we're also humans, and we make a mistake from time to time. You know, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: We are yeah. very well we're, we're willing to own up to our mistakes as parents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, that is a really important thing for us. It's yeah. the whole thing of, like, no, we have to, like, I, I apologize to our daughters quite often, like, because things will get tense you know and and i will you know i will get upset because they are like they are misbehaving and i will get upset with them then they will you know they will apologize for misbehaving but i will also apologize when i lose my temper you know i'm like if i raise my voice uh, my children i will apologize and i will mm-hmm. make clear that what i did was not the right way to to handle the situation because i i need them because i want them to be better than i am like that's the goal isn't it (laughs) is it? for the next
0: generation to do better it is and that also this has nothing to do with the body but that's also another great thing because like i said we live in this this childhood mindset up until we're really forced out of it as adults so the fact that you know like sometimes even uh, regardless of the gender when somebody yells at you and like when one of your like parents or idols like yells at you or is stern with you, you think that's, like, okay. And then sometimes, I've just seen this happen in relationships, too, where, you know, some men get, like, really aggressive or yell at, like, women. And it's because, like, they were yelled at, you know, by, like, their dads. And they're like, well, that's normal for him to, like, yell at me. And I was like, no. See, when you apologize and you're also kind of teaching them, like, hey, yelling at people um, is not okay. So hopefully when they get older... And they start to engage in like relationships, healthy relationships, that they realize, hey, yelling at me is not okay. And that's like a boundary yeah. that they, they set firm in.
1: It's like that toxic masculinity stuff that that's like, well, of course, that's what it's. The, it was like this 1950s or even older archaic thing of wait till your father comes home. Yes. So he can punish you.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, like that. That's something that I started doing with their daughters is like when, when they like misbehave, when they start yelling or fighting or whatever. That like because it's also the whole thing that there are situations where you have where where the behavior is appropriate, like in self, like there, you know, self-defense. Situations, so like, so I started doing this thing. Like, I don't tell them this is never okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have like, we, I've set three rules with them. I ask, did they hurt you? Did they scare you? Did they make you feel bad? And if the answer to all those questions is no, then you should not be yelling or throwing things or, or, or hitting but if the answer to any of those questions is yes then you might have been correct in doing so right like that's something that i'm like i'm teaching them that you know there are times when you might have to misbehave to to prevent someone else from from misbehaving exactly and and like but but you have to but it has to be appropriate right
1: I, I so often Morton and I take turns with the kids because my job is editing videos for other youtubers so I will take some time to work while Morton's with the kids and by, and so on so there's so much I, I didn't know about that you had, you
2: didn't caught that okay no. like yeah <laughs> well, well right because it only ever like happens you know when when there's been a tantrum and then I like and I take whichever kid have the tantrum aside and talk to them, you know, one-on-one. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's another important thing to me, is that when there's been a conflict like that, you don't settle it publicly. Right. You you deal with it one-on-one. Um, because, because it has to be, like, be built on trust and intimacy uh, for me. So it's, it's very important to, for me to, like, whenever anything has gone wrong, then that I sit down with the girl and like really look her in the eyes and talk about what happened and what went wrong and how we can do it better next time. And I mean, they're, they're four, or they seem to be five, so most likely they won't actually remember next time either yeah. or the time after that. But, you know, but eventually. Consistency,
0: you know, though.
2: It, yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm sorry, I'm going to live in this moment For a little bit, because it brought up two questions that I was going to ask. So um, unintentionally, you like teed me up perfectly. So thank you, Morton. The (laughs) the first is um, oh wow, and I forgot them. It was a perfect handoff, and I forgot them. Um, The first was yes, your your parents. Um, So you have two two little girls. Which what do you have? You have two little girls, right? Or twins. Twins. Okay. Um, so I think that the fact that you have twin daughters is an amazing thing um, simply because so often, um, like I said, um, I like to say our first love is always forgotten. Nobody really remembers their first love, but they they remember their second. And I feel like everybody's first love is their parents because that is the first time that they're ever shown intimacy or what love should be. And so they like that. You have this bond and that, no, that love never fades, you know, no matter how good or bad the relationship is. That's how we first pre- perceive love. So um, the fact that you do this with, like I said, your daughters, um, I think is going to be a beautiful thing. I think they're going to grow up to be amazing um, because it sounds to me that you're set. You're setting an amazing example of um, how they should be treated and how they should treat others. So just kudos to you for that. Um, you know, Father's Day just happened yesterday. So uh, happy belated Father's Day to you. And this is my kudos to you as a, a dad.
2: Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: um, and then the, the second thing about that is um, – you're also you're also going through probably a massive learning curve, um, maybe not right now, but the fact that I don't know how curious they've been about the the uh, the body, but I know once you get a little older and things really start happening, accelerating. I know you're honest about like the uh, the period, the cycle, but I don't know. Like, have they really started noticing the difference between like boys and
2: girls? Yeah. But- yeah, they, they are aware they, 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 I mean, like they've seen me naked, like, because there have been times where, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the bathroom and then one of them needs to go like we have, you know, and since, they started potty,
1: since they started potty training when they were like one and a half and, and yeah. they didn't actually, didn't actually take until they were like three, but still that's how long they've been seeing you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and things like that. And so, so yeah, so they, they are aware of, of like the differences in our bodies. And it's like, like really, really, the issue right now is is to you know to get them to understand that like it's it's not always appropriate for people to see each other naked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because we have been so open about it in the family, like, yeah, just because just because it's okay here at home in the bathroom, doesn't mean that you should just.
0: Now, next time you're you're at Sarah's, you can't just barge in the bathroom. No, 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 that's that's bad. You you have to make sure it's empty. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Oh man.
1: Stop Taking your clothes off at the neighbor's house.
0: I love kids so much. They are the uh, they are one of the best things ever. They uh, constant entertainment. They always keep you on your toes. To say nothing else. Yep. Um,
2: yeah, like like I was like. Like yeah, just yesterday I was like, okay, you know, you're you're like you're having a water fight in the backyard, so like yeah, of course you took some of your clothes off. They, but then then you stay in the backyard. You don't go. You don't You don't move. Take the water fight to the front yard where
1: all the neighbors can see you without your clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little details like that. It's so hard because there's like what is the unspoken age? Because in Sweden, it's really common for kids to just go to the beach, play at the beach naked. Yeah, but there's an age where it's like it's not appropriate anymore, and I wonder how close they are to that age. I mean,
2: it's it's definitely like before six. I feel oh, that's like it. I would say that, yeah, like when you're like because that's when you start like in, in actual starting school, school like oh, actual yeah. school. Like when you when you get out of preschool, then it definitely feel, doesn't feel appropriate mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Not sure. Like five is, I guess, like so, line... which is. They'll be fine in a month and a half. A month and a half.
0: (laughs) Almost a half a decade of parenthood. Like, also, that's that's an achievement. Yeah. High
3: five. Go team.
0: Uh. (laughs) No. Um. But as adults, more often, I feel like we have a lot more insecurities than we did when we were younger. Way younger. Um because I feel like adolescents are like the pink of peak of insecurity. We have like this uh, kind of wave format, you know, as kids, we don't really, we notice things, but we're never really too insecure about our bodies. Once you start to hit like that early adolescence puberty stage, you start to get a little self-conscious, maybe in your early twenties, you're like more okay with yourself. Then you might have a dip down. And then like, you know, I, um, at least I know, I've seen people like after pregnancy or like around pregnancy, like just some people they get really, their body comes right back to them. Some people it doesn't. And so they just, they're battling like, well, I used to be like this. And I was like, yeah, that was also like 20 years ago. Like hopefully your body changes in 20 years. You shouldn't look the exact yeah. same. Um, all that to say is how have, have you, I guess I should have thought to how I said this before we started. You don't. I mean, we all have the insecurities, but those don't really translate out to your your kids. Right. Um, Like I said, when we are going back to like the belly song or the body song you sing with your kids, um, you haven't. Have they like noticed or picked up on any of your insecurities or anything like that?
2: I don't think so. Not too much.
0: Because I know for me, when I was younger, um, I would notice that. Like because my mom was like always like Weight Watchers was a really big part of her, like her diet and her culture. But by no means was my mom a heavy set woman. I was like, even today, I was like, I think she was pretty average. But like I said, we were everybody so focused on a number or like toning down or saying like, well, you shouldn't eat, do eat this or like you should do more of this. You know, because you want your body to be right. Because um, I noticed with her, like, diet was such a big thing. She was always concerned about what she ate, even though she ate a typically healthy, balanced life. So then when I got older, I was insecure about food and, like, my relationship with it because of how meticulous my mom was. So I didn't know if maybe you guys maybe had noticed one of your girls start to do.
1: I am just not, not your typical girl. <laughs> I don't have time to really do much with my appearance in general. I just can't be bothered. Like I, would much rather just be sitting in front of the computer editing or talking to friends online or playing with the kids or spending time with Morton. Like I can't imagine how much time it would take out of my life to care about these things that women are supposed to care about. Yeah,
0: And that's, and I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. I always say this. People notice this when I talk about my childhood, that I don't reference my dad a lot. And it's, they're like, well, you always talk about like what your mom did. What about your dad? I just didn't spend that much time with him growing up. Uh, it's not till maybe like the later half of like my teens that we started to do more regular activities um, or I would just see him more, you know? Um, so it's hard for me to be like, here's how the relationship between. Like father and son is because mine is atypical than like maybe some people who grew up in two parent households, so to speak. So I can only ever see the interaction between like opposite genders and like mom and son Um, because that's where I spent three sixty five, you know, for almost twenty years. It was with that. Not to say it's like I I love both my parents. They 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 both did the best they could as parents, and that's also that's something that. I think gets covered up a lot is people are always heckle parents, but I was like, there's no manual for parenthood, you know, or being like a, like a child, you know, everybody just does what they think is right. And that's all you can do.
1: Yeah. And it's so different for a job where you, you show up in the morning, you've had breakfast, hopefully whatever you've had a shower, you're, you're mentally prepared to be there and you know there's a cutoff time and you'll go home and you won't see them yeah the parenting the, the, your family sees you at your highs and your lows and there's no chance to just wake up sometimes and be rested or be there you just yeah. you just give what you feel like from an empty cup
2: yeah, certainly sometimes.
1: And I was so, so thankful and blessed and lucky to have Morton that he was a full-time parent with me when the girls were tiny. I didn't, it wasn't any of this, the, the the partner gets a week off when the baby's born and then has to go straight back to work. Like he was helping us nurse, getting the girls rolling up blankets and pillows and setting them on me and waking up for every single feeding to get us ready and feeding and cooking the food and feeding me and getting me water and it was just I could I would I would have lost my freaking mind without him.
0: Yeah. It's, just, it's a beautiful testament I mean, to your and, partnership. And,
2: and, and like, well, I mean, but I mean, it was the reason we were. I was able to do much of that. It was also like, but well, no, but also uh, because of my parents,
1: right? Your parents,
2: um, because well, because well, Katie wasn't. On the Swedish social security system yet when yeah. the kids were born, so she did, so she couldn't take out any parental leave yet. So, but I could, so I did that. But then that's not really enough of an income for for a whole family. But fortunately, we could stay with my parents for several months
1: um, mm. in the beginning there, and I mean, we 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 still
2: we owe them. Yeah. A lot, like, what my parents have always been, like, that's 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 a big part of this, I think, is that I, I was blessed to have really good parents growing up. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was like, and well, I mean, they still are very good parents and just very, very supportive and uh, it, of everything that we've done. And so it has really helped. And I think that too is, you know, that's why I have the confidence that I have. It's because I always felt that my parents trusted me. Um,
1: Going to, from his question earlier, I was thinking, did your parents, were you ever aware of any insecurities of your parents? Because I can't imagine that.
2: Not really. Like, my dad is quite stoic. Like, so he didn't, he, he never, like, communicated a lot of emotions and such. But, like, but he's still, like, enough that we always knew that he loved us and cared deeply for us. And like, but he was, but there was never like much in the way of, yeah, like insecurities. Mean, I mean, I know that my parents, my parents have both been dieting off and on, like for as long as I remembered, but they've never made like a big deal of it. It's just been like, we're just trying to be a bit healthier mm-hmm. and things like that. They, and they never, never made me feel ashamed for, for how I looked or how I, or like how my life was. And cause you like were
1: a chubby kid and then you got skinny around age 19.
2: Yeah, yeah a little bit before that. Um, yeah, because a body image, that's, <laughs> thats something like, cause I always thought, I've always thought of myself as kind of chubby because I was for most of my childhood. But then in high school, because we live far on the countryside, I, actually got my own place closer to the school that's fairly common in the Swedish countryside and sort of live away from home when you're already when you're 16. Um, And I was like, but the place I got was other side of town was from the school still. And I would usually, well, I would bike until my bike got stolen. And then I would just walk back and forth every day. And it was, I think probably at least two miles each direction. So, so yeah. And turns out that, yeah, walking four miles a day, five days a week is, you know, helps your body. <laughs> so, so like, I wasn't really aware of it myself how much like that I lost weight and really got in a much better shape and, you know, and then through life, you know, I've, lost that again, but it was like for a while there where I still thought of myself as the awkward chubby guy, but I really wasn't. <laughs> and it's sort of like that's that's a really interesting thing. Like looking back at pictures and I'm like, was I really that skinny? Yeah. Because <laughs> I never thought of myself that way. But it but it was just because it wasn't something that I really thought about. Yeah. Like I didn't think about how I looked.
1: Yeah, neither of, us really every, neither of us cared about how we looked, really. Yeah.
0: And that's – I think that's such a rare – it just depends. I feel like depending on your your social circle, it's such a rare thing. Um, I feel like – I don't know. Did either of you do sports uh, as a kid? Nope.
2: Does chess count?
1: Does debate team count?
0: (laughs) These are games. I mean, Uh, fair. Okay. Uh, No. um, And and
2: like, and and here you can see, like, it's it's like it's, it's sort of funny that there are these things that like we weren't aware of it, you know, when we first got to know each other. But like, yeah, we. We are similar in a lot of ways, very, like compatible yeah. in, in those ways. Um, every yeah.
1: every Tuesday, Morton and I do a live stream on my YouTube channel, and we were talking just the other day. And
2: here you see it, right? like, it's, it's like it's, it's sort of funny, that there are these things that like we weren't aware of it, you know, when we first got to know each other. But like, yeah, we we are similar in a lot of ways, very, like compatible yeah. in, in those ways. Um,
3: every
1: yeah. every Tuesday, Morton and I do a live stream on my YouTube channel. And we were talking just the other day about how different we are, but yeah. we didn't really get into how similar we are either.
2: Well, I guess that's tomorrow's last year. There we
1: go. <laughs> um, uh,
0: every every coin has two sides. You got to remember that. So for every way you're different, you're yeah. probably similar in a way. Um, but I think because I, I was also on the chess team, I was a natural debater. I never was on the debate team. Um, but I was also, like, an athlete. I noticed the change in my body. And then, like, in the locker room, when you're around, like, 30, 40 guys, you're like, this guy's, this guy's pretty thin. That guy's a little bigger than me. This guy's kind of my size. Or, like, you just do all these comparisons, either out loud or in your head. And I think – and it's the same for, the like, the girls uh, who probably did sports or, like, cheerleading or anything. Anytime you really had to share a locker room, I feel like when we're in that, like, young – pre-adolescent adolescent adolescent stage we're always comparing ourselves um and that just that's another point like in our lives where it just takes off um and we let our insecurities kind of rule us because i think that's the first time i like ever thought about going on a diet is when i joined like a football team and i was like all right mom was like well yeah kind of teach me about this weight watchers things because like I was like, I didn't want to be this position. I wanted to be something else. Not that like if I lost weight, I'd magically be good enough to do like another position or something else. But like in my head, that was just the correlation it was like once again, a number, a number meant something. Yes.
2: yes. Um, if if I if, I hit, if I hit this weight, maybe I could be quarterback.
0: Exactly. Like, so- you know, if I lose five pounds, that means I could be five like five pounds faster, or like whatever that means, you know. <laughs>
2: I
1: was so uncomfortable in my body. I bugged my mom into letting me get my first bra when I was 11, though I very much didn't need it. And I would never wear any shirt that would, like, have and show any strap because I didn't want anyone to know that I had it. I was just – I would whenever we were, I was at the swimming pool, I would, like, walk, like, in this weird hunchback of Notre Dame holding my shoulders – blocking blocking my mosquito bite breasts um until i got into the water and yeah i was just so uncomfortable for the longest time i just i hated everything but then i got over it
0: yeah youth it's the best of times and the worst of times all at the same time
1: i feel like the best times happened like after we finished traveling and could uh, have our own space, even though we have to keep moving because we're poor. But <laughs> this feels like a really great time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you we're not poor, poor, but yeah.
1: we're still. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we live in Sweden, so even if you are poor by regular people's standards, you're not like living from paycheck to paycheck and gonna get kicked out of your house if you get cancer, kind of. Yeah. So right? yeah, we're like, but yeah, but Katie is, you know. Yeah,
2: Katie is a freelance editor, and I I live a, and I get study like school loans, and that's how we're surviving right now. So we're, but yeah, and but it's like, but we we find ways to make it work, you know, like it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Like it's the whole thing that we we don't care too much about. Like, and we know, like, like because the, I feel like that goes hand in hand with the, all the other things we talked about. Is that like. We know we don't need the nicest stuff like we have all of our furniture is second hand a lot of it is like stuff we just got for free people were like people were gonna throw it away and we we're like we'll take it yeah <laughs> you know <clears throat> and like i guess the the only nice things we have are things that were were gifts pretty much <laughs> like and and like but it it, belongs, it goes along with that same thought it's just like it's not like, it's, it's, we're like, we're comfortable with who we are and with what we have. Yeah. And we, we can live have, that way.
1: I hear so, I hear about so many rich people that are like, oh, I'm not actually rich because they have more. Like, they're never happy. It's never enough.
2: Exactly. Like, we have enough with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, is there a roof over our heads? Do we have, do we have food on the table? You know, and, and at least
0: enough furniture to be reasonably comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're good. I used to. I love. I don't used to. I still do. I love the Jungle Book because there was a song that uh, Blue sang. That it, the is bare how,
3: necessities.
0: Exactly. That's how I tried. To, I tried to live my life. Um, I was like, I don't need a lot. You know, I just need the bare necessities uh, of life, and then everything will be all right. Um, so I feel like so many yeah. people um, they lose that focus in many aspects of their life. But before we go off on another tangent. We're going to have a little bit of fun because I "I know it's getting late for you guys. So I don't want to keep you up too late. Um, We're going to, I'm going to briefly ask you one question and then we're going to go into our closing segment kind of reverse icebreaker questions. Okay. For you guys listening, you're like, how does Josh come up with these topics? Or like, like what's, what's his mindset? Well, I was at work one day and we started talking about the dad bot, and I was like, you know what? I have a dad bod but I'm not a dad. I you know it's I say it's a dad bod in training, you know. I'm just getting ready for when I have kids, you know. It doesn't happen overnight, guys. You got you got to train for it. Well, two things, I was like, "Hey, why don't I actually ask a dad about the dad bod? Like, how does how do it, how do they feel about it?" And B, why do we never hear anything about a mom bod? Cuz moms have bodies too, okay? Your mom is just Hi. not some like like ether conscious. At least I mean, I hope not cuz that'd be cool though. This, like like a spiritual energy being like who doesn't have a body that'd be cool uh <laughs> but no I was like moms have bodies too i was like we should talk about that like they're beautiful they carried you for nine months or however long the term was they fed you um in some cases so i was like yeah we should show appreciation for the parental bod so like so when the term dad bod came about what what did that uh i'm pretty sure you've heard it before Um uh, what does that kind of like oh, when yeah. you hear that what do you kind of think
2: of yeah what, what do you think of uh where is it that stupid joke i prefer the term father figure
0: <laughs> uh... and he's coming in with the dad jokes okay <laughs>
1: Has been in you've been in training for for the thing he's been in training for dad jokes since wow. we met when he was 19.
2: Since long before, well, that. yeah, but
1: <laughs> that's how long I've been aware of yeah. the dad jokeness.
0: Listen,
2: yeah, like, but it's, it's like, but again, like the whole thing that you know, in my mind, I always had this kind of body, even when I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's sort of like it's just, and and I'm like. And I'm, I'm okay with, like, I'm okay with it. It's, it's one of those things where it's just like, at least, well, what I should say, it's, it has never bothered me enough for me to actually do anything about it.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we, we just celebrated 11 years of marriage by doing absolutely nothing. But we have seen each other's bodies evolve so much. Yeah. And... We still find each other somewhat attractive.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's yeah, because because it's not the body, it's the person. Not yeah. just
1: somewhat. Yeah. You're, you're so you're smoking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: But yeah, it's sort of like I have never considered the body and essential part of who I or anyone else is. The wrapping paper, like that's, that's, you know, that's not what you're excited about when you get, when you get a Christmas present. Well, like, I don't know, because
0: I was definitely that kid. I like, I enjoyed ripping the gift open more than actually the gift. I play with the box sometimes more than the toy. Cause you do have those yeah. people. You do have this, you do have those people.
2: Mm-hmm. I was like, can yes, I, sir, like-? yeah. Which, which, a, which, yeah, 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 the, really it, yeah we're, we're stretching the metaphor. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Listen, like, I
0: was like, I'm, like I, was, I was like the poke, like poke, the, poke a little hole. We,
2: we have, you know, the whole thing that, Yeah, there are people who care more about the wrapping paper, but then the whole thing, the, the fun part is ripping it apart. That, that's where, that's where the metaphor <laughs> oh,
0: got. <God>, it literally <laughs> falls apart, know you know. Is
3: going on right
0: now? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But um, so, Katie, as as I see it, I I coined the term mom bod. I don't think I've heard anybody else say it before. Maybe you know, it's in a book somewhere. Since I have you here, if we could come up with a definition for like the mom bod in such a positive light, what would what do you think that definition could be?
1: It's a really a mom bod. That means that you you grew a freaking life. Your body is amazing that that I, I miss that feeling of my kids moving in me and taking Morton's hand and putting it on my belly and, and his eyes lighting up and getting huge as he felt the kicks and just thinking like that's a that's a miracle body right there All right how's, how does that how's that?
2: I think is really good i'm just like the whole thing of, of like becoming more aware of you know like these biases that we have inherent in us and you know I, i've been as part of my tr- i'm becoming a teacher as so i've been you know studying like critical theory and stuff like that just the fact that you know not all not all mothers actually got to carry their children that's
1: true that's true, <laughs> that's true. so I mean when when you're in a stable relationship and a stable place to live in general your body just gains more weight like it's just a physiological response yeah so having a little extra puff there is not hurting anybody it's
2: yeah it really is like <laughs> like yeah it's it's and like and it goes back to like also like the thing that you know it's it's a difference in cultures like in most places in the world, in most periods of time, like be, being a bit more heavy set was like a sign of like wealth yeah. and success. Yeah. Uh,
1: this buddy right here looks like one of those Greek goddesses. Right? Yeah, dang! The ancient Greek times are like. From, yeah, I had a friend in Africa, and he went to visit some friends in Ghana, and they're like, "John, you're getting fat." It was a compliment. Yeah. you Yeah. Know?
0: what's uh, you're right like different cultures always view things differently um so yeah. you know so you should just take you should accept your body you should love it and then if it's not appreciated find a haven where it is because there's always some crowd you know that's that's there for it whether that's a yeah. collective of other dads or pre-dads or you know um, some new miracle, life growing mom bods. I don't know. We're gonna just find your home. You know, just find your find your group. Find your people.
2: I I, I don't know if this is appropriate for the podcast. You might have uh, to this out, but I was nothing is
0: like, off limits.
2: You're you, I'm I'm absolutely certain that your body fits into somebody's fetish.
0: Well okay. Yeah, oh, Alright guys, we will have to address this on another episode. I definitely um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names, but I did have a friend where I like, if I was not present in that moment, I would not have believed the story. Um, this girl came up because like he started, um, he started getting his grades in a little early. He was like in his like mid thirties, but you're, you're right. You are. And I was just coming back from the bathroom and this, uh, this girl came up to him and she was like, Hey, are you single? And he's like, yeah. He's like, like, what, what's up? And she's like, I've always wanted to sit on Santa's lap, you know, cause he was like a little heavier and he was like, he had, he was starting to gray here. And I was like, I was like, I was like, there's no way she actually said that. And like, he looked at me and I was like, I was like, that's the best pickup line I think I've ever heard.
3: That's
0: <laughs> <great>. <laughs> um, um, and so uh, I, I thought that was funny. So you're right. You're right. Your body probably fits in somebody's uh, somebody's fetish somewhere. Uh, whether you're Santa you just, or you anybody got a else. With
1: your body. I'm
0: sorry, you I missed got that. a
1: problem with your body, move on. That's if right. If someone doesn't like your body and is trying to put pressure on you yeah. to look a different way, they're not
2: worth it. It's like, sorry, you're not the intended audience. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: um, but we're, we, um, as much as we're talking about this, I always like to leave this caveat because some people like to misconstrue what they hear. We're not saying that um you know because we have quote unquote fuller figures that um and we're we're talking about like avoiding a number, don't focus on a number, that is to say, like still try to be healthy within your body um you know, yeah. oh yes yeah, sir, because so many times people are like, well, I'm happy, and that's what matters and I was like you're right, being happy and comfortable inside your body does matter, but also being healthy inside it uh is even even more better more better is not proper Mm, English as a linguist I can say that but I'm saying it to make a point
2: um yeah but but the the idea of like that that you don't there isn't a single image of what healthy means yes and that like you you can't go off of Hollywood's definition of a healthy
0: body right
2: because if you try to do that most of the time you will end up being neither healthy nor happy
0: exactly you're right and that's not what a Gerber baby is. They're they're happy and healthy, and we're all kind of Gerber babies. Yeah, um, when I
2: grew
1: up on a Gerber baby.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but um, like I said, thank you guys for coming on. Before we let these two smoking hot uh, couples—not <laughs> couples, one couple—couple couple get out of here um, and continue about their day, we have to go ahead and do this reverse icebreaker. Are quickie questions, um, they are six questions that kind of get a little harder as we progress, but they're all about relationships in some form or way, with yourself and potentially with other people. So I hope you're ready for them.
3: Oh, yeah. we were
0: born. Okay. You guys are also the first couple I've had on. So um, it'll be fun to see how these questions interact between you. Um,
1: Do we answer at the same time or...
0: I'm, I'm you. You're you're a couple, but you're also individuals. So I am gonna yes. make you answer separately. Question one: What's what's like a really big turn on for you? I can say this now because you're in a relationship. What attracted you to your partner? From the start,
2: we have fun together. Yeah, like that. That was like that's that's always been the most important thing. I think it's just that that I like. Both the like, yeah, that I have fun, and also like you, you make me feel funny.
3: Aww. Like I can't like I I enjoy being with you,
2: and like and I've always felt like you enjoy being with me, and that's just the
1: biggest thing. The thing that I really noticed about Morton early on was he he there's like guys who think they have to be standoffish they have to you know be stoic or whatever but the moment he came into the community that we were we were inside of he was just so wide-eyed and joyful and excited to learn and just wholeheartedly there and helping and and fun well
0: that's that's good Mm -hmm. like I like that um because that's also a thing about going back to earlier how you pitched out the whole toxic masculinity thing. I feel like so many times the stoic guy or the mysterious guy is what everybody like looks for is like, it's the standard quote, but I like to come in there with a big shot of energy and just like a smile and be like, look, my dentist does amazing work here. All 32 of my teeth. Hello. You know, a nice big (laughs) smile. That's, that's the proper way to enter any room or, uh, Introduction, in my opinion.
3: Yeah.
0: The other side of that coin, though, would be, what's like a really big turn off? Obviously, you ticked off m- more boxes than not um, for t- the fact that you're celebrating 11 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. But prior to this, what were some kind of like turnoffs Do you have, if you remember?
2: In the beginning or? Or, like yeah. or, in, or in, in previous, yeah. previous relationships, and things yeah. like that, I guess, too.
0: Yeah, just... I know it's hard with Morton because he's such a catch. Like, there's nothing wrong with him, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> the, the things
1: that we have thought about or realizing now are more related to neurodiversity.
2: Um, yeah, like, I would say that like this, we have some very different ways of thinking. Of, well, like, I, I am not diagnosed. I don't want to self diagnose, but I, I feel fairly certain that. I have some kind of neurodivergence. Never had it, you know, professionally assessed or anything. But it's like but I I definitely my mind works in a very different way than hers does. So So we miscommunicate so frequently.
1: A a fight that we have is why don't you, why didn't you stop doing that thing and come and spend time with me? Because he literally couldn't. He Once his brain is stuck on something, it stays stuck
2: on it. You yeah, have to like, like, complete it, yeah. Why didn't you tell me you wanted to spend time with me? It's just a, big, a very different ways of, like, communicating. Like, I prefer very, like, open and clear communication. And Katie is more I'm like, you should be able to figure that out yourself.
0: So I called that. Uh,
2: we are getting better. Yeah.
0: I call that Amelia Bedelia syndrome because that's what I kind of have. Like I'm obsessive to tasks. Once I start something, I have to do it to completion before I can really like focus on anything else. Um, But like whatever you tell me to do, I was like, I'm going to do that exact thing. It's like, well, you know what I meant? I was like, no, I did exactly what you told me to do. You know, (laughs) I don't know if you guys, I say this almost, I feel like every show now, but I don't know if you've read the Amelia Bedelia book series Oh, yeah, yeah, but I like that's that's the type of person I am, so I, I get that. Question three, I always get so lost in these. It's six questions, but I get so turned around. I don't know if I'm at one or seventeen. Um, three, if you guys could go back in time and tell your younger selves something about relationships that you wish you knew that you know now or uh, that you wish you knew then, what would that be?
1: Well, I would tell myself would just stop freaking out about wanting to have a baby. It's going to happen later. Enjoy the single, the not single, enjoy the married life without kids. Oh yeah. I fixated. I was so broody.
2: I don't really like, this is interesting. Like, I don't know if there are any like major lessons that I feel like <laughs> would have to tell myself. I'm. Um, I also like. I came into it fairly blind. Katie was my first girlfriend, um, and so so I was just like it. It also sort of worked out quite well for me, um, and I was like I wasn't, and I wasn't really pursuing any relationships before either. Like, and so it was. I really don't know if there is anything. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's. I guess it would be specifically like the whole thing we just talked about of like a successful relationship is built in communication. And remember that the other person might not communicate the same way you do. Mm. I think that's,
1: that could have saved us quite a few hundred fights. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: that's. because yeah. I was like, I already had a flip for it when you said that um, for the question, and it would be because I've just been applauding um, how. Uh, the rearing style you have for your children and be like, what would something that you would like to teach your kid um, about a healthy relationship? Um, Cause so often that's the thing I feel like some parents forget to do too is, or at least I've never had that talk with either of my parents with like what made like an effective relationship, so to speak. Um, or like dating advice wise, like they were like, Hey, make sure you you brush your teeth yeah, <laughs> you're fully tucked, you know, you don't wear your shirt half untucked, but nobody ever really talks about like um I feel like that is not a conversation that really happens between parent and child too much about like what makes yeah. a ha- like a happier healthy relationship. You see uh, it sometimes yeah. but you don't actually have that conversation.
1: Yeah. A huh. thing that like comes to mind to me is really you have to constantly be adjusting your expectations. It's like we were learning that lesson when we were dating um long distance for four and a half months. And I had to adjust my expectations about how long of letter I should get from him each week or whatever, or how often he should try to call me, but to accept what he was doing was enough. Because if I were to let myself just go thinking and thinking, it's not enough what he's doing. I'm, I'm writing more pages in the letter. It's not fair. If I were to invest in those thoughts, we probably might not have made it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The whole tit for tat yeah. mentality.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's a big thing. Like, yeah, be prepared to adjust your expectations. Like, not not necessarily like, like it's it's you know that's a really hard balance thing. Oh, you know, like because like, you shouldn't just settle, but you need to make sure that you're not expecting too much, and yeah. that's a, a really difficult balance
1: to hit. Um, we 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 of course want to teach our kids that. They deserve to be treated as well as as they should. Like, no exceptions about that.
2: Yeah. Nobody
1: that's going to try to say that you don't look the right way or do the right thing. Like, I was in some relationships where guys really were trying to pressure me to do what I wasn't comfortable with. And that's a conversation I never got from my parents or my mom of, of what to do about that yeah. and how to how to remove yourself from that kind of temptation or pressure.
0: I love asking this question because whether you're single or you're in a relationship or you're married, I feel like it's always something to be mindful of uh, because we're all about self-development here, um, being the best version of ourselves. So what's one thing as a partner you feel like you still need to work on? Communication is not a valid answer in this question because we've already talked about it today.
2: Yes. I... I am, and this is not, like, this is in a relationship, but also, like, in my life in general, like, how I prioritize my time um, is because it is very hard for me to to focus on the right things, um, and I, and, like, and that, you know, ends up really taking its toll on my family because I'm, like, because when I have time set aside for a task and I don't finish that task, that means that I will then later on in time that I could have given to my, to Katie or to the the kids, like I'll have to take that time to finish the task that I should have done yesterday. Yeah. Um, So that's, I feel like that's a pretty big issue for me.
1: One of my issues is my temper and where I just get really stuck in my emotions and what I, what I feel I deserve or whatever that leads me to not, not communicate. I'm saying it anyway, to not communicate well. Uh, So yeah, just getting a better grip on my, my feelings.
0: I never get to do this. uh, So I'm going to take advantage of it while I have you both here. Um, Do you kind of, the, the things that you think you need to work on, do you agree with your partner? Like are those usually the. Yeah. Nope. That's that's good. See, that's how you know it's going toward be a functional relationship, is you'd be like, Yeah, like you weren't completely off base, like, no, like she's fine with that, but like this is the real thing, no. Um no. <laughs> Um, like I said, uh just a huge thank you before um uh, we get out of here. Also, we have about two, three minutes left. So I wanna turn it over, let you tell us about anything you have going on, where we can find you, oh. just Anything you want to share, you know, um, before we wrap.
1: So you can just search Epic Kate on YouTube. You'll find me. Um, and I do really awesome conversations with all kinds of people, um, conversations with, um, fellow YouTube creators, musicians, entertainers in general, um, I have conversations on deconstructing evangelicalism and learning about how to support LGBTQ siblings. Um, I have vlogs. What am yeah, I missing? Yeah,
2: yeah. I was also and you also done like some good stuff. Like yeah, yeah. You've been learning a lot about like allyship, both both LGBTQ plus and uh, oh race. yeah
1: race oh my goodness I've had some amazing yeah. conversations there's so much I didn't learn in this whitewashed education I got and so I've got some really great friends that have taken the time to try to teach me some things like I'd had no idea about the slave Bible like oh, yeah. what so many things and so I'm really really happy to learn and grow and for people to learn and grow with me and as, as, I, as I find people willing to, to come on the show. And I've got some crazy cool conversations coming up soon. I, there's this lady who's a professional PR person who's booking, like, famous people for me. Like, this week, I don't know when this conversation will go up, probably not for a while, uh, if you're anything like me. But um, this week, I've got a conversation with a guy who was in Pink Floyd and Toto named wow. Scott Payne
2: yeah like he, he was their touring saxophone mm-hmm. player yeah. yeah
1: for the for the um momentary lapse of reason tour in the 80s yeah and um so many cool people authors and tv show hosts so like it's just nuts and um i've got a, another channel called youtubing with katie and it's for people who either want to start a channel and kind of don't know where to start or people who kind of want to have some inspiration as they go through it. Because ah, breathe, there is a lot of, there are a lot of YouTube channels out there that are like grow fast, hack the system four easy tips. And it's like, YouTube's not like that. It's not easy. It's, it's stinking hard and knowing who you are and your identity and, why you're doing what you're doing? Knowing your why—that's what this channel is about. The emotional hard challenge of being a YouTuber. Yeah, and, you,
0: you yeah. know, as somebody who was a failed YouTuber, I can agree. YouTube is stinking hard. Um, stinking. My first and second time, I was not successful. Maybe my third time, if I go back to it, it'll be the charm, and we'll we'll get her done. Maybe I'll have to subscribe to the channel and. Uh, Get get the get the four one one on a, the plight of the the YouTuber.
1: I think we just really need community, and that's something I'm just so passionate about. On both of the channels, it's just one is much more niched than the other one yeah. was. Is that we need vulnerability, we need compassion, we need authenticity. To, and we need each other to be able to do any of this stuff.
2: That's just a way really like it brings us back to the whole thing about you know, grow fast is like it's back to the whole the magic number the magic thing. Number. Mm-hmm. Like it's what? not the number that, yeah. that matters. How many
1: subscribers do you have to reach before you feel successful?
0: Right. And that's one thing I've noticed yeah. about since I started podcasting, and even the new podcasters that I mentor and um help start out, I always tell them I was like don't be that person. Like I'm a person, we just hit a year um, last week. Uh, well, when this airs, it won't be a week, but you guys remember whenever that was our uh, one year happy birthday episode where, uh, but so many people are focused on the metrics and they're like, they're like, oh, like you probably make a kajillion dollars. Or you like have so many people listen to you because like when I tell them I'm international, I was like, well, I mean like, yeah, I was like, I'm in 17, 18 different countries. True, but that doesn't mean like a thousand people in every country. Listen to me, you know, I could have more one here or there, you know, so don't get caught up in like the viewership or how far you're reaching or just whatever. I was like, you're right. Like just work about, worry about finding your people, finding your community because it doesn't matter if it's five people that like I'm doing this for, um, I'm doing this for me because it makes me happy and I just want people, I want to attract people who it also makes them happy as well. You know, um, I don't ever want to have to really change to fit like the pop mold um, to grow faster. I want people who are genuinely interested in growing or learning or helping other people develop to be part of my people.
1: Yes, that's what I say, think about my YouTube channel too. Like, my target audience is the best people out there, the ones who are humble, want to grow, want to learn, and care about other people, want mm. to see the world a better place.
2: All right, and um, I don't really, I don't create content on the internet. I I, I, I show up. I show up in her in the live streams. So, you show
1: uh, up. You don't just show up. We talk for like forty five minutes every Tuesday.
2: That's true. Yeah, but that's but that's like. But I, I am, I am just, I, I am her support player. I don't, I don't, I do create my own content. Uh, but, but
0: I'll, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be around. I mean, that's it. That's the beautiful thing about partnership is. Whether it's either of your product I mean products, projects, um, the other one's support is very is just as crucial as the actual uh putting in work, you know. So uh you know, um thank you, shout out for that. All right, guys. We've made it to another conclusion of the not so bad bachelor pad. I have to thank not just Katie and Morton for coming on, I have to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, hopefully this was as insightful for me as for you. Um, And I will see you beautiful singles and happy partnered folk in two weeks.